1: Is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious head to factormeals.com slash just 50 and use code just 50 to get 50% off that's code just 50 at factormeals.com slash just 50 to get 50% off
0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like how to hook up without feeling guilty, burning out, and extending trust. Hmm. But first, we want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that no one has said we're allowed to do this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have no qualifications or certifications. Uh, We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. We just have a lot of opinions and bad life
1: experiences. (laughs) And good ones. Yes,
0: and good ones. Absolutely. Uh, So please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 80 and the week of Valentine's Day.
1: That's right. Such a momentous holiday for all of us. (laughs)
0: even like the colors red and pink together
1: no it's gross
0: it's like they were like what looks most like human organs
1: (laughs) well (laughs) i mean when we get right down to it
0: yeah i wonder what the um why the human heart signifies love i don't know i think there's history behind that but i i don't remember like i remember being told at one point
1: i mean in shakespeare it used to be like stomach or something
0: oh really yeah like butterflies
1: yeah and then it shifted to heart
0: this is a perfect example of how we're not qualified because i was like (laughs) i learned this once but i forgot yeah for sure um anyway uh how do you feel about valentine's day
1: um you know i used to hate it and now i just feel very indifferent yeah
0: it's fine yeah i do love um i love the opportunity to do something uh romantic mm-hmm. to to like celebrate i think it brings the the what valentine's day day does for us is that it gives us an opportunity to stop and be present and be grateful. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Thanksgiving in that way where we're like, wow, this has a problematic origins, right. but there's something positive in it. However, unfortunately, this is probably only true for when you're in a relationship and yeah. when you're in a good relationship, for sure. like, and even when you're in a good relationship, it can be such like a big stress and pressure to get it right and to feel loved enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) or valentine's enough that's right and as all major u.s holidays it also just comes down to money and capitalism and buying candy
1: very expensive yeah and then you have to like make a reservation but like everyone else is making a reservation and so like ugh, (laughs) (laughs) just like so much work you know
0: yeah also i guess the biggest thing for me that like turns me off from the whole holiday is this this pedestal that we put romantic relationships on. Mm-hmm. And and love in general, right? Like you and I can undoubtedly say that like the loves of our lives are very important and very enriching to our lives. Yeah. But it's also important to recognize that, like, you have an amazing career and you have a beautiful home and mm-hmm. you have other hobbies and that make you a whole valuable person outside of the fact that you, like, won the hot teacher <laughs> lottery with Peter, you know?
1: That's right. He uh, slid his glasses down his nose and looked at me over them. And then I just knew that I had to be with yeah. him. Yeah, and
0: he was like, you want detention? Yeah,
1: he's like, are you going to make some extra credit. <laughs>
0: inappropriate actually so <laughs> it's an i wasn't power. his student so yeah, yeah, like yeah, he yeah. had
1: no actual power over me
0: um so anyway valentine's day i think again reinforces this idea that we are more valuable when in relationships mm-hmm. and that our true purpose in life is to find love that being said i'm a huge romantic and so i i like i like romance i like the drama of it
1: mm-hmm. um i but mean I, I do i mean Romance is fine. I just don't like being told what to do and when to do it.
0: Right. And it's just so tacky. Red and pink together? Come on. I
1: know. Also, like, red and pink do not look good on my skin tone. No, mine either. You know, your office is like, everyone wear red or pink for Valentine's (laughs) Day. And you're like, fuck you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's you are like last week you were complaining about purple and the vikings. You're like I am not showing my viking pride. Purple?
1: Purple? Purple does not look good on my skin tone. No,
0: it doesn't look good on mine either. Um anyway, uh do we have any tips or tricks of surviving February 14th or the week of
1: When do we not have tips or tricks?
0: I was listening to a past episode and I was in in an old episode. We were like, first of all, it was for work, not just for my own pleasure. Mm -hmm. Hearing us talk. Um, But we were like, uh, so do we have any tips? And you were like, uh, (laughs) nope. Uh. Anyway, um, Uh, tips and tricks so uh last year we released like a list of them Mm -hmm. um and one of my favorite jokingly was avoid (laughs) drugstores because of their barrage of candy and Uh and cards and things like that
1: yeah that's legit
0: but in reality i would probably start by saying um remember that it's just a day Mm -hmm. it's just a day the way that you know walking into the coffee shop that you and your ex used to Visit a lot. It's just a coffee shop. Yep. It's just a building. It's mm-hmm. just a day, um, and that that day and the marketing around it in no way cap, encapsulates the nuance of the human experience mm-hmm. and how hard relationships are and how hard it is to maintain and grow together and be constantly kind to each other. And they don't. And the, particularly, this marketing doesn't discuss how you are absolutely whole and valuable as is on right. your own.
1: Yeah, and I mean I think in that vein too, recognize that it's okay to be sad. Like yes. it's okay to not feel good yes. on this day because all of the things that are around you are constantly like ooh your relationship is the most important thing about you. Like if you don't have a romantic partner, you should be dead. Yeah. Like all of those things that we hear, um, and so it's okay to be like, yeah, it's really, it's really hard to be bombarded with all of this right now. When yeah. I am feeling, al- I'm feeling lonely, right? Yeah, and like Father's Day, yes. Like, I was not prepared for how shitty Father's Day would be. And it's because, like, you walk through everything and everyone's like, dads, dads, dads. Like, of course you should feel you can feel upset or sad when you're constantly reminded of a thing that you feel like is missing from your life. And so, like, if you want to wallow on Valentine's Day, fucking wallow. 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 Know that you are not defined by your relationships. Know that you don't need a relationship to be a whole person. But if you are lonely and you are upset by what's happening around you. Be upset and be lonely, right? And that's okay.
0: would say to that, I would add, treat yourself. And I'm going to say treat yourself like shopping spree, treat yourself like Mm -hmm. that style, but also treat yourself like in a medic way, (laughs) (laughs) like treat a wound sort of thing. So on the one side of it, it's like self-care, bubble baths, watching fun things on Netflix, Mm -hmm. ordering takeout, like treat yourself, be gentle with yourself, uh, indulge. You are your own Valentine, you know, buy that fucking discount candy because you know it's good and eat it all in one night. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of treat yourself, yourself, it's do a little bit of head and heart work to remind yourself that you are whole, yep. that you are lovable, that these wounds that you're feeling right now are valid, like validate yourself, see yourself, um, and recognized that all of these pressures around you, these 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 cards and balloons and all this shit, um, that's a lot to take in and to carry, and you're doing a great job. Absolutely. Um, and maybe if your heart is hurting a little this week because your relationship doesn't look like those Hallmark cards, mm-hmm. treat that part of you too. Remember that you're allowed to put up boundaries, you're allowed to defend yourself, you're allowed to ask for more, And and you're also allowed to recognize that hurt in your heart maybe that that grief missing that relationship honor that pain um and give yourself s- some space to heal mm-hmm. you know for sure yeah any other tips and tricks
1: um stay off social media
0: yeah for sure
1: <laughs> right I mean that's a like I said you' like, like thing you are allowed to feel bad you are allowed to feel sad but it's also good to avoid triggers right mm-hmm. if you if you know that looking at your ex's page when they're with their Beautiful, beautiful partner. Now is gonna is gonna make you feel really bad. Um, just avoid it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just gonna be a barrage of people talking about how much they love each other yeah. on this day. Yeah, uh, which is fine if you want to do that. Uh, but like know that, that that's what you're gonna see. And so if it's gonna be hard for you, then just don't do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, the last thing I'll probably say is to my coupled people. <laughs> mm-hmm. It. Um. I'm all about. PDA or posting whatever you want I it's fine I don't care either way um because I know I cannot control other people or compare myself to them Mm -hmm. but um for those of you who might be stressed in this moment, because I think another conflict that Valentine's Day brings up is you feel pressured to perform. Yeah, you feel sure. pressured to perform your love. You feel pressured to spend money you don't, you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so I just want to say, hey, if your Valentine's date consists of you eating ramen noodle uh, noodles on the floor out of a fucking a frisbee, like that's a <laughs> wonderful way to celebrate your love. Uh-huh. Um, again, just like Thanksgiving, and it's complicated. pass valentine's day can be a gift to us because it makes us stop get off our phone be present and appreciate what we have for sure um but don't feel the pressure to perform don't feel the pressure to be perfect and to my coupled people out there who might have an unhealthy relationship right now Mm -hmm. um that's okay relationships are hard yep Love is hard. Communicating is hard. Um, and just because this week is the week of quote unquote commercial love doesn't mean your relationship needs to look perfect. For sure. Yeah. But. Yes. If you're looking for something to do, <laughs> Sam and I, in just a couple of days, we're going to be flying to New York. Mm-hmm. We're doing a live show on Valentine's Day, the day before Valentine's Day, Thursday, uh, February 13th, we will be at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Show starts at 8. Doors are at 7 p.m. Ticks are $15 in advance or $18 at the door. And Sam and I cannot wait to celebrate or... Anti celebrate Valentine's Day with you all.
1: It's going to be so great. We're I can't be wait. Dressed so nicely.
0: Sam told me he bought a bomber, a floral bomber jacket, just for this occasion.
1: That's right, I did.
0: Yeah, and and he told me that months ago. <laughs> so we've been really prepared.
1: That's right. Uh, I'm going to wear it to every live show just FYI.
0: <laughs> get your dollars worth. Yeah, that's fine with me. Um, okay, cool. You want to get into some letters?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Our first letter comes from Natalie Anonymous, who is writing from way up north. Hey, y'all, thanks for the continuing advice and entertainment you provide. I'm writing because I found myself in a bit of a pickle.
0: A bit of a pickle.
1: A pickle. Sierra loves pickles.
0: I actually really do. (laughs) I know you
1: do. I've seen you eat many. (laughs) I'll start with some background. As a teenager, I always fantasized about being in a relationship, but for various reasons, i.e. a terrible series of awkward teenage phases, I never attracted any kind of romantic attention. When I did, it was with it was from people with whom I had no chemistry and who would date me for a few months while I desperately tried to make them like me before they dumped me, and I eventually got over it and moved on. In college, I found myself in my first real, loving relationship with a great guy, We were together for about two years, and I have never felt so loved and accepted. He was my absolutely my first love, and being in that relationship gave me a sense of confidence and security in myself and my ability to be loved and desired that I had never felt before. Hmm. However, he was a few years older than me and wanted more in the way of commitment and partnership than I was willing and able to provide. I broke up with him just before graduating college and had a handful of beautiful, dysfunctional, romantic flings before moving back home across the country." Now back home, I realize that I want to, I want and enjoy romantic connections, but I'm hella not ready for a relationship. Mm -hmm. I love a good fling. I respect boundaries and I'm clear about my intentions, but I can't help feeling like I'm using people by only being interested in casual, sexual, romantic contact. If I'm being honest about my needs and expectations, can I trust that the people I'm involved with are setting healthy boundaries for themselves and won't expect more from me? Or am I the asshole for engaging casually with people who want more from me? I also feel like I'm reeling from the amount of attention I attract right now. I never used to get much, but as I've grown into my body and gained confidence, I've realized that most people think I'm attractive. Hmm. It's tripping me out in a big way. How do you get used to romantic attention and learn to distinguish between feeling flattered and actually being interested in someone?
0: Oh, God. I know, right? Oh, God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why am I feeling so drawn to romantic love? Wouldn't it be better to just seek friendship until I'm ready for more of a platonic or more of a romantic relationship? Why does it feel so much harder to connect with people platonically than romantically? I'm feeling so much shame and confusion about not wanting commitment when it seems like everyone in the world is just looking for a stable partner. Hope this all makes sense and I appreciate any advice that you would give. Lots of love, Natalie.
0: Thank you so much for writing, Natalie. I think this is a great question.
1: It is. I also love that you are out there finding only people who want to be in relationships because (laughs) from everyone else I've talked to, it's just like a cesspool of people who only want hookups. Isn't
0: that the truth, though, that we've talked about this before, months ago, that like, I hate that this is fucking true, but I've had experiences where, like, if you withhold, like, your availability or your sexual interest, Mm -hmm. people who are historically disinterested will, like, come calling. For sure. Like, we talked about a past experience I had where I was, I told somebody, I was like, no, I don't want to hook up, even though I did. (laughs) (laughs) And because my friend told me to. And then, sure enough, later, dudes all over me.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Well, we were talking with our friend at dinner the other night, and she was like, for the first time, I put, like, I'm interested in something more than casual on in her, like, Tinder, Tinder profile or whatever she was on. And she was like, yeah. And now every person that talks to me is like, hey, you want to hook up?
0: Yeah. Which what is, is, like, is it? It's weird laws of attraction it or, is. or something like As soon as you're, like, securing yourself to know enough to know that, like, you don't want a relationship and you just um, want to, like... I don't know. Casually meet people. Uh-huh. They're all like, "Will you marry me?" <laughs> Damn it. Um okay, so yeah, Natalie, this is a great question. Mm-hmm. And I think there's another like there's another layer to this question that is um not totally what Natalie is asking, but is slightly related, mm-hmm. and that's also to basically how to hook up without feeling um, guilty about having sex casually, too. Mm-hmm. And I, it doesn't sound like Natalie's experiencing that, but I think that's a, that is a a cousin of this issue that I'm sure lots of people experience as well. For sure. And before diving into Natalie's situation, uh, if you feel that way Um, just remember that there's no shame in sex there's no shame in your body and your desires and expressing your body with somebody else Mm -hmm. and and that you're actually in control of your body your desires your agency all of those things Um, the best thing you can do is just be clear in your intentions both internally with yourself Mm -hmm. making sure that you're not filling a void or numbing with affirmation or anything like that but also clear with your intentions with your partners And I know that that's way bigger of a thing to, like, unpack in, like, 45 (laughs) seconds. But I just wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to say hi to, like, my little shame babies out there who struggle with things things like that. For sure. So what would you—what advice would you you start out with for Natalie?
1: Um, I mean, I would agree with Sierra that you are doing the right thing by being really clear about what your intentions with people are. um, And saying, you know, I'm just— looking for hookups or I'm looking for sort of, uh, like romantic entanglement, but not anything more than Mm -hmm.
0: that.
1: Um, and I, I really appreciate that you're doing that. And, um, to a certain extent you also need to be like, okay, well I have established my boundaries and now it's up to the other person to establish theirs. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is, it can be tricky, right? Yeah. It can be because, um, even though we know that we don't, all we want to do is hook up sometimes, our brains are like yes, but like all of this cuddling is really nice, and so I want to do this with this person every night of the week. I have hundred percent like,
0: <laughs> coded sex as something to be romantic. Yeah, and I and I know intellectually that it's not, mm-hmm. even for my own desires and my own body, it's not. But like I will, I would like, I don't know. I felt I felt weird operating in any way outside of that way. Not 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 based out of shame or anything like that. I feel very like positive sex positive and comfortable with my body, but I would I'd find myself like cuddling with someone that I had like no desire to cuddle with. <laughs> to be like, "Oh god, you. I guess we should get married now."
1: Ugh. We didn't have sex, and so therefore yeah, we must yeah, get yeah, married.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I think like all my elementary school understanding of sex like comes up
1: no that's that is super real yeah um but yeah i mean natalie there's only so much you can do besides saying explicitly what you are looking for and what you're trying to do right um and like when we when we talk to folks on the other side of this right we always say like believe the words that are coming out of this person's mouth right and so yes that has to be sort of the the level that that you are both at i think it is important for you to be thinking about what the other person is feeling and saying and continuing to establish those boundaries. Um and I think it's probably okay for you to walk away if you feel like someone is wanting something that you're not able to provide them. Yes. Um, absolutely. But it it does take I think that in some ways like this type of relationship of like just sort of casually hooking so up and can be even more tricky than getting into relationships because You know, society has some rules and like expectations Mm -hmm. around what relationships look like that most people understand. Uh, But when it comes to just being like, no, I want to hook up and I want to cuddle afterwards. Especially a woman. Yeah. And then I want to go back to my house and like maybe we'll talk in a couple of weeks. Like, yeah, that is not something that people have shared language around. Yes,
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. And
1: that's not I'm not saying that in a way that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that in a way of that, like, you need to be aware of that as you are as you are operating in this space, but like good on you for knowing what you want and going for it.
0: And something I would add to that, that I'm not, I might need your assistance in articulating Sam is you just brought up like the other people, the people on the other side of the aisle, the folks who might read into behaviors like this or want more or not believe what the person is saying, even though they say their intentions really (laughs) clearly Uh because we're all suckers. I mean, it's just the truth we are and we want what we want. Um, is there something to be said about, like, uh, making sure your actions um, that you're not only are your intentions clearly communicated, but that you, but that your actions are actions that cannot be interpreted interpreted as interest in any way? Um, and I don't know if that means like. <sighs> I don't know how to say this in a way that doesn't sound like I'm shaming people for leading people on. Mm-hmm. Because I also know that like at least half of the time when somebody feels led on, it was because they were interpreting actions in t- towards their own benefit and not yep. what the actions actually were. But is there a way to, is there a way for us people who have sex casually who want just that to, to reflect on our actions, to make sure they're reinforcing that not just not just out of niceties. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think, I think sometimes when you're really desperate for someone to like you or want you or to, if you're desperate for somebody to want to be in a relationship with you, even though they they said, said they haven't, you can read into so much. You can read into the tiniest, nice action. And I'm not out here trying to tell Natalie to not be a nice person. <laughs> so I don't know how to get to what I'm, dancing around you know i don't know how to say what i'm trying to say
1: that's because i think it's really complicated yes because you can't no because you can't be like a dick well okay you can have sex with them but you can't cuddle with them because it's like there's
0: no like hard and fast rules and also what's wrong with cuddling no
1: like you should be able to cuddle in a platonic way if you want to right (laughs) like in a way that's like we have sex and we cuddle but like we're nothing more than that and i think what is uh, an issue is that like there are clearly distinct power dynamics that play out in this Um, and like just a generalization. Like it's usually like a dude who's being completely emotionally unavailable. That is then telling a person that he does not want a relationship with them, but also like, Doing all of the relationship things right, with right. with that person, and so that's what I would right. caution you against, Natalie. Is like if you don't want a relationship with someone, no then pet you, names. Yeah, you don't get the relationship thing <laughs> with them, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> no daily texting, right? Yeah, sort of, sort right? of. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like I don't feel I don't feel confident enough to like draw a hard line, right? But, but, but the essence of these things we're saying. G- take, um. Take or leave the things that work, and obviously there's nuance Mm -hmm. in all human relationships, Um, and Natalie knows her social life best. We're just two strangers talking out of our asses. For sure. Um, But I think about the letters that we get that are like, he doesn't run a relationship, but we talk and text every day, and he calls me baby, and he Mm. tells me not to date other people. (laughs) You know, like— (laughs) yeah right. <laughs> and it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like you are deadly.
1: <laughs> but it is I think it's something that you you don't need to feel guilty about and you don't need to feel shame about, but right. it is something that you should be aware of, right, right. And it should be like, and you should be constantly I think you should be asking yourself not constantly, but I think you should be asking yourself like, am I doing this because I want a relationship where I don't have to be vulnerable? Or am I doing this because I actually just want to hook up with people? Right. Right? And if it's because you want a relationship, but you don't want to be vulnerable, like that's an issue.
0: And this leads into the other thing that I thought was great about her letter, which Mm -hmm. is flattery versus genuine interest. Yep. And (laughs)
1: let me tell you, if I could figure that out at the age of 31, it would would be be fantastic. (laughs) Let me tell
0: you, (laughs) I'd be a (laughs) fucking virgin. Um. Anyway, (laughs) no,
1: like not even sexually, just like platonically, work wise. Uh, Like, I'm like, oh, you're being nice to me. I am in love with you.
0: Yes. Or to not just in love, but like making space for people who are nice to you because they're nice to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, my particular poison was romantic relationships. Like, I I would confuse friendship or flattery or I don't know, general interest. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because when I was much, 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 much younger, I found that I really enjoyed getting to know myself through other people because I didn't want to get to know myself by myself because yeah, I was avoiding that discomfort or whatever. Yep. Um, and so to that point, Natalie, I just want to encourage you to keep questioning that. Mm-hmm. And, and Sam and I don't have any like 10 steps to make sure you really like someone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we could f- pull some out of our ass, but um, this is an organic like holistic conversation that you should be having with yourself. Yep. Um I do want to give you like an allowance or space um that it's okay to like follow flattery. It's yep. okay to make yourself um feel good. That's right. It's and, okay
1: to try things that are new and to experiment and figure out what felt good and what yeah. did not feel good, yes, which as absolutely. you continue right as you continue on this journey, it will be more and more apparent what those things are because yeah. like I know that when I was also in my early 20s, like I would have sex with anyone who told me I looked cute. Yeah. And like it didn't work out very well yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
0: Yep. yep and yep, so like, cool, cool, have, cool, cool, cool. yes, have become
1: more <laughs> discerning about being like, oh, I'm not into that person. They just looked at me and said I was cute. Right. I'm just I know that that's a trigger for me. And so I know how to like, yeah, work through it. Yeah. But I wouldn't have learned that without having those experiences and those experiments and those bad things. was not great sex with people that I then had to like cut out of my life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree for me too. I, it took me a long time to balance the difference between flattery and interest. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to say, Natalie, I think that it gets a lot easier. Just like Sam said, the more, you know yourself, the more you, um, hone your life goals, your authenticity, it it just gets easier, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with ex- playing around with that, experimenting, mm-hmm. getting to know yourself, whatever that is. There, it, that that is the journey of life. Um, but it will, I think that that particular question will get a little bit easier as you as you move through life, for sure. And I also think what you said about. Um, having a possible aversion to or difficulty with fostering platonic relationships, that gets easier too, but not, not because it is easier, but because it's a muscle that Mm -hmm. you strengthen. Yeah. Learning that you, this sounds so silly and like simple of a statement Yeah, (laughs) or a a little ungraceful. I
1: can't wait for it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Learning, That you don't have to have sex with everybody who's interested in you is like life lesson number seven in my (laughs) life. (laughs) You know, it's confusing to grow up. I mean, and this is connected to the flattery versus whatever. But uh, that learning that I could have co-ed friendships Mm -hmm. that that had nothing to do with desire was something that... I had to learn and I think it's because I think it's a combination of things. One, I had a low sense of Mm self-worth, right? I really wanted to feel desired. Um, Two, I'd been conditioned to think that my job as a woman was to be desirable and therefore I was not, I, my, my like subtle subconscious job was to be sexualized to all men. And that sounds weird, but I, I just, it was just my experience growing up. Um. As you move through life or get older, however, um, we want to speak about that, those platonic relationships become not just co-ed, right? Um, but those platonic relationships become more obvious, like when you meet people that you feel safe with mm-hmm. just platonically or s- fulfilled like, Sam talks so much about um, finding abundance. I I, oh, I love thinking about that in terms of my friendships and how my life would be so incomplete if mm-hmm. it was just me and Willow. Mm-hmm. My life would be so empty if it was just me and my partner. Yeah. Um, and how my friends really fulfill me and fill my life with so much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you talked about, like, why is it so much easier to <clears throat> create romantic relationships than platonic ones? And I think... One of the things that I've learned is that it's much easier to create an immediate sense of intimacy with someone when you take your clothes off and like put your parts on each other. Right.
0: You're so right.
1: But it is so much harder to create intimacy with someone when you, you can't just, I don't want to say it's fake intimacy when it's, when it's like sexual and romantic, but it, but like the intimacy of sort of taking off the armor of having authentic conversations with people um, is it takes much more work than just saying like let's get naked and like
0: it's cheaper cuddle and i don't with mean that other. in like a tacky Mm-mm. like cheap hoe kind of way yep. <laughs> i mean like it's it's literally it takes you deposit less yes to and get it, the reward
1: yep and but the reward also sometimes
0: is cheaper Right, it's poorly made
1: <laughs> exactly it lasts very it doesn't last as long because it's like a,
0: yeah that's the, what she said <laughs>
1: Because the vulnerability didn't happen. It's like a gumball
0: right? machine versus, an, you know, a really nice IKEA purchase. Yeah. Hmm. I know. I know. I have a low standard.
1: Low standard for furniture. Uh, that's right. It's like shopping at H&M versus shopping at Chanel.
0: Yeah. I have never done that in my entire life. Me and H&M, I love that H&M is like my fancy store. <laughs>
1: it's like shopping at forever 21 versus shopping at the gap
0: yeah that's a perfect analogy even though i prefer the cheaper one
1: well some people do
0: yeah there we go there we go Um, analogy perfect
1: yes perfect um so i would just say like i just said analogy perfect like that's not a sentence analogy colon perfect. perfect yes period got it um so I would just say Natalie, if you are interested in creating platonic relationships with folks, know that it does sometimes take more work than romantic ones. Yeah. And I'm I'm not saying that romantic relationships are easy or because like I think true romantic relationships, loving romantic relationships involve similar amounts of dismantling the masks we right. put on to protect right. ourselves from vulnerability, but it is so easy and gratifying to really connect with someone when you're both naked and like making each other feel good.
0: Totally. <laughs> also, I just want to. I just thought about this too. Going the, the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glitching. I uh, do thought that once the the question of flattery versus interest really just like yeah, I know <laughs> fucking blew my wig off, uh. and I think about when I was younger too. I, it how much I would rather... It was... I would rather satisfy someone's sexual desire of me Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't... I wanted to avoid the conflict of not... Like, I wanted to avoid the conflict of quote-unquote disappointing them for not sleeping with them. Yep. And that sounds weird yep and unhealthy huh totally was but it probably was right <laughs> right yeah it totally was but for a, a lot of and why uh, why i bring this up sorry natalie <laughs> like it's seven different places and four of them are in my 20s in different bedrooms <laughs> that's right um why i wanted to bring up that sense of like that i was avoiding something else i was i was giving into sex or not, not even giving into sex. I was having sex willingly, mm-hmm. even even if I didn't want to fully. Yep. Because I wanted to avoid disappointing the person or saying no, or I just wanted to be available. Like there, mm-hmm. that's that was like my weird desire to be loved. Right. Um, I bring that up because something that I would suggest, Valerie, is on when you're on this journey, this sex positive, empowered personal journey. Mm-hmm. Um, a muscle that you can strengthen is not having sex with someone even if you want to in that moment Mm -hmm. or even if you feel the pull if there's any question or if you're like not even any question but just like this is a time of you to experiment your boundaries who you are who you want to be with and sometimes something that teaches you a lot is abstaining from something Mm. and i'm not out here telling you to be abstinent um And I'm not telling you to save yourself in any way, but maybe help yourself strengthen the muscles of keeping it platonic by keeping it platonic Mm -hmm. and and know that you're not that withholding that from someone is not at all a crime. It's you're not going to be disappointing them or hurting them. You are practicing your own agency and you're experimenting with what it feels like to not communicate in this physical way
1: mm. mm-hmm.
0: Does that makes sense
1: uh, yeah for sure
0: would you add anything to that
1: no i think that that okay. that makes sense and i and i hope natalie that that you felt our positivity and affirmation of the choices that you're making <laughs> um but also that we are you know trying to to give you the benefit of our experience in this yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah and that you know you are absolutely allowed to to make your own choices and do what you want to do. But Sierra and I have been in similar situations and uh, just wanted to let you know what we've learned from them. Yeah. And,
0: and you know what I never did successfully, Natalie and Sam? Let me tell you both. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think I ever had a successful casual relationship. Physi- oh, I did. F- physical. You did. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. But that's because I felt that sense of guilt um, mm-hmm. like that I owed them more. I sure. owed them my romantic interest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's my accountability and more proof that I am non- unqualified to give advice. For
1: sure. And I have had uh, some successful casual relationships because we were both very upfront about the fact that it was a casual yeah. thing and yeah. that we just like hooked up sometimes and were friends. Otherwise hey,
0: moral question. Do yeah. you think that Natalie and others who want to have sex but don't want a relationship, is there an obligation to f- to find like-minded people? Like you just said that you had a successful relationship because you both d- weren't looking for a relationship and you were both upfront about that.
1: I mean, I would encourage Natalie that if someone is like, I'm not interested in hooking up, I'm interested in a relationship, to recognize that that is going to make your relationship incompatible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, But like people are people have autonomy and they can make their own decisions and it's up to them to establish and maintain their own boundaries. You're right. You're right. Um, But but obviously, Natalie, like, think about that. And and I know that you are obviously you are thinking about that because you wrote this letter about feeling guilty about this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So, you know, be clear about your intentions and also believe other people when they say what their intentions are. So if you have someone that's like, I really want a relationship, but I want to sleep with you, maybe say I can't. Do that for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we want different things. I would say right?
0: I would say lean away from nuance in that situation. <laughs> be like, it's gotta be black or white, you know? Yep, yep. Um, okay, cool. I hope this helps, Natalie. We love you.
1: Thank you so much for writing.
0: All right, our next letter is from Capitalism is a Scam, but. Dot, <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Oh, okay. And they are writing to us from Guilt Nation Population One.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> There's so many more people in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I know everybody does this, but honestly, thank you for sharing all your wisdom and wisdom. Wisdom. P- wisdom. <laughs> wisdom and being so real that that was very real right there (laughs) Even if that realness includes eating hard boiled eggs, ew, 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 while recording. Okay, done oh my with God, this I feel letter. So Moving seen. on.
1: <laughs> thank you. Well, capitalism.
0: I'm fine with that because <laughs> thank you, Capitalism. I'm fine with that because I got so many messages of support via Instagram. And I got
1: so much hate. <laughs> Literally someone DM'd me and said, Eggs are delicious, you're a troll. <laughs>
0: We have the nicest fans.
1: <laughs> They're really nice. It was a friend. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're allowed to make fun of each other.
0: Right. Okay, anyway. But seriously, love your friendship, humor, and tough love. My relationship question has to do with my relationship with my work. I work in a mental health treatment setting with amazing kids who have experienced complex trauma. I work with some of the kindest, most dedicated, and most resilient co- colleagues as well. Recently, I've been... Struggling with burnout. I'm working with fifth and sixth graders who are going through puberty in addition to all the other stressors in their lives. Every day I get made fun of and cussed at, which is tolerable in small doses, but it becomes too much over time. Kids can be violent, aggressive, suicidal, so we need to physically hold kids back from hurting themselves and others. Recently, I saw one of my kids get handcuffed because he was so far from a suicidal crisis that he was trying to choke himself with a seatbelt. The next day, he looked into my eyes and asked me, why did you let them handcuff me? I was absolutely gutted. Here we are trying to help these kids feel safe and work through their hard stuff, and I broke his trust. Also, why the fuck is a suicidal 11-year-old handcuffed? And why are any 11-year-olds in a position that they feel that hopeless? It's heartbreaking. My two main colleagues approach things differently than me. They are 10 to 15 years older, have seemingly thicker skin, and... Call all the kids on their BS. I approach things with structure and humor and fun. It gets hard, though, because our structure isn't in place for me to be able to have fun, and instead, I have to be this strict, nagging bitch. My two colleagues are also really close with each other, and I feel left out. I used to be closer with them. One of them is married and used to flirt with me all the time and, like, sext me. After making out a couple times, I shut that down. Admittedly, I've been more distant from them because they drink quite a bit, and I don't want to be drawn back into any of that relationship drama. I'm trying to s- so hard to do self-care, getting more sleep, exercising, eating right, spending time with friends and family. I've cut back on my drinking, and my social events are no longer centered around alcohol. I go to therapy once a week and I deal with my own stuff. I talk with coworkers about it and what I get in reply is, quote, you need to figure out what is yours to hold on to and yours to let go. Quote, manage your reactions so the kids don't go after you quote, self-care is so important, quote, meditate, yoga, get a hobby, which is like, yeah, okay, I'm doing all of those things. I am trying. I have a supervisor who is like the grandfather I never had, and he tells me how important I am, how much he likes my humor and hard work, how he sees me trying, that I am reaching our kids that we care so much about. In short, he sees me for who I am, appreciates it, and vocalizes it. He checks in with me consistently. I've known him for over two years now and I just love him. I applied for a job that is more centered around policy change and advocating for broader system ch- systems change to hopefully decrease the number of stressed out kids in our community and better support their families. I feel so guilty at the aspect of leaving them, though, and the people I love. But I think it's time for me to get a better balance on things and feel way less stressed out. I mean, obviously, every job will have its stressors, et but they won't have to be this intense, right? So... What I'm asking is, is it okay to leave a job I love and believe in? Is it okay to approach the problem from a different angle? Am I too sensitive and soft for letting things bother me? Is this all my fault? Could I or should I be doing more? Am I letting my beloved supervisor and mentor down? Am I letting these amazing kids down? Is this job getting in the way of me living a more authentic life? Thank you for reading this rambling rant about my work and any advice and insight you might have. Love you guys and all that you do. Thank you so much for writing capitalism. (laughs) I can't call you that. (laughs) How about Cap? Cappy. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, thanks for writing, Cap. I think that this is a really relatable experience. I definitely experienced this, and I know you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know many people in our lives have as well. For sure. Um, do you want to start this one off?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just start off by saying um, direct service is hard. It's, it's so really, hard. Yeah. really difficult. Um, and I know that there's a, there is an impulse to create A comparison between you and the the folks that you're working with and saying, well, I don't have the right to feel upset. I don't have the right to feel traumatized because the folks that I'm working with are are going through so much worse. Right. Um, But the reality is, is that secondary trauma is 100% real. Right. Um, That working with folks who are in crisis and who are suicidal and are going through um, really, really difficult things uh, creates pathways of trauma in your brain. Right. And so Um, you know, if you want to look at things sort of in a, in a, in a zero sum game, sure, those folks that you're working with might be going through things that are significantly worse than you, but it doesn't mean that your body and your brain are not responding to what's happening in a way that, uh, that is hurting you. Right. And so I just want to like validate you and affirm that this work is really difficult and that you are allowed to feel stressed. You are allowed to feel triggered. You are allowed to feel all of those things, even though you're working with folks who may be going through experiences that are worse.
0: Yes, I totally agree. And to the note about comparing yourself to your other coworkers, I want to point out that you said that they don't seem to be. Struggling like you are, or that they don't get affected by the students um, or the, the young people like you do. But this is for UCAP and for everyone a reminder that comparison is an act of violence against yourself mm-hmm. and that it doesn't really seem like these older co workers are coping as well as you might think right. if they drink a lot and cheat on their wives (laughs) you know like I no judgment there whatsoever and I and again I don't know anything about them other than the facts that you put in this letter but just as a reminder um, when we see what people present Mm -hmm. we're seeing 10% of them we're seeing 5% of them even if you work nine to five Monday through Friday with another person you're not seeing them outside of that professional settings and Mm -hmm. we all wear masks we all code switch we all process Trauma in different ways and I I just want to remind you I want I want you to be a little more gentle on yourself and a little bit more um uh forgiving when you see other people and you think they're doing well it's like the it's like the check in on your strong friends mm-hmm. thing that you see mm-hmm. floating around on the internet that like what people present or the skills that come forward that might not be the skills you have it doesn't mean that they are that one dimensional person that you're seeing sure. they're just as complicated as you are we just are all dealing with we're all utilizing different tools different life experience a different Understanding reality too. That's true. So I just want to remind you, Cap, that um, this isn't about what you can do versus what they can do.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: Yeah. Um, in terms of your your specific questions, is it okay to leave a job that you love and believe in? Yeah, absolutely.
1: In that, the same way that it's okay to leave a relationship that you with a person that you love, right? Right. You are allowed to break up with people for whatever reason at whatever time. And you are allowed to quit your job for whatever reason at whatever time, even if uh, even if it you think it is your life's calling and even right. if it means that you are not going to be able to work with these students anymore, right. right? You are allowed to do it. You are allowed to walk away to take care of yourself,
0: yeah. and the number one reason I would argue that we are allowed to do this is again, what we do for a profession is not our whole worth or identity.
1: Absolutely. Even
0: if your profession is helping people mm-hmm. and you want to be a helpful, kind, generous person, yep. or you want to be in service in your life, just because you do that, your work, that is not a, that does not make you holier or less holier than anyone else. For sure. Um, And in fact, our jobs are what we do because we need money. <laughs> Number one, we live in a capitalism. We, we uh-huh. all, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to poll people and see if you would work if we didn't have to, you know. <laughs> um, but also just because you do good things at work doesn't mean that is a reflection of you as a person. Just mm-hmm. the, the way that like um, I have a friend who who works in like the. The corporate world, um, like Best Buy and places like that. Mm-hmm. And he got like four different jobs in one year because he saw openings that were higher paying and he was qualified <laughs> for them. And he had no sense, he didn't have that sense of obligation. And obviously, um, Cap, you're dealing with way more different, like setting setting circumstances and and triggers, you know, like sure. faces, people, um, you're seeing a need, you're seeing suffering. You There's a humanity here at stake, stake the way there isn't at like a corporate Best Buy job. Yep. But at the same time, we, we have to separate ourselves from our professional selves to give ourselves an opportunity to recharge, mm-hmm. to reflect, to be our authentic selves. Yep. Um, so absolutely, you're allowed to quit. Remember that it is just a job and that job has seen dozens of other you. Yep. And that doesn't make you more or less valuable. Yep. Um but capitalism tricks us into thinking um and especially the nonprofit world um which I love and have worked in, mm-hmm. you know, but we so often because we want to be in service so badly, um we really really sacrifice so many parts of ourselves. For
1: sure. Um and I think um one of the things that I realized as I was burning out Mm -hmm. last year totally (laughs) uh was first of all just like sierra said right like i am not my job um my job is a thing that i do right um and it can be a reflection of who i am as a person but it doesn't define who i am as a person Right. right um but the other thing is that that my burning out was not actually a service to anyone right um it's like we talk about all the time with um, our Lord and Savior, Brene Brown, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is like, what boundaries do I need to have in place to give generously? And the folks who are the most generous and have the most capacity to give of themselves are those folks who have established boundaries with the things that people are asking of them, have put their line in the sand to say, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I need. And then once they have everything they need, they have such a deeper reservoir to draw upon to be able to give to others, right? Totally. Because if we continue to give too much of ourselves, uh, the the amount that we have to give gets less and less every time. I agree. Um, and so I would encourage you to think about um, about that. And I, I think that's what people mean when they say, what can you take and what can you leave behind, right? Um, what boundaries do you need to have in place to keep yourself safe, to keep your heart safe, to keep your soul safe, right? And... What can you say? Okay, well, this is how much I can give now, right? And that's—I mean, it's really hard, especially when you are a giver, when you're working with folks who are in crisis, um, when you see the system for what it is and the way that it fucks over so many people, mm-hmm. um, and that you want to to throw yourself at it as a sacrifice to say, like, oh, if only I could just give my whole self to fix this problem, I absolutely would, mm-hmm. but. The reality is, is that if you keep running yourself down and no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to fix this problem, Mm -hmm. right? You need to be able to give what you can in order to, to, to work on it, but throwing yourself at the problem and sacrificing yourself for it isn't actually solving the problem. It's just making things more difficult.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think about the way we talk about relationships that are really toxic, um, or unhealthy, Mm -hmm. and we say, um something has to change or nothing's going to change. Yep. And the other question we ask is how long do you see yourself doing this? Right. Right. Like how long could you sustain this? Because what you're, what you're posing to us is I think I should leave, but all of these reasons are telling me um, I'm afraid that I shouldn't because of these reasons. So then, so then my response to that would be, okay, can you do this for one more year, mm-hmm. five more years, 10 more years as is, and the answer is no, because it's obviously become unsustainable for you and your happiness.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, which is valid, by yeah. the way. Yep. I want to do a little bit of a rapid fire answering the rest of your questions, because I feel like Sam and I have gotten to the meat of our mm-hmm. advice, but these are also important questions. Sam, is it okay to approach the problem from a different angle? Yeah. And I would also add to that, you could abandon the problem. Mm-hmm. And that might not be the most glory-filled answer, but in this life, we can only give what we have to give and it is not our responsibility. Compassion is important. Service is important. That's how we create change. Like we are in service of other people at all times. I feel in service of people on this podcast. Um, But if I got to a point where my mental health My life, my happiness was failing because I was throwing too much of myself into this podcast. Then I would step away from this. Mm -hmm. I would step. You could step away from this problem completely and still be a valuable person.
1: For sure. And I think that there are, and there are ways that you can engage that aren't right. Working full time doing this, right? Right. There are so
0: many ways to help to to contribute to the to a problem.
1: There's volunteering. There's advocacy. There's absolutely, and there are multiple different ways of of continue to acknowledge that institutional racism that poverty exists and that you want to do something about it without grinding yourself into something that that isn't flourishing right, right. that isn't that's barely surviving
0: right. Am I too <clears throat> sensitive or soft for letting these things bother me? No no. Is this all my fault or could I or should I be doing more?
1: Oh my god no 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 it's not it's not your fault in any way no
0: in fact, Maybe take a step back and say, um, recognize like what form of self-harm, but also self-centering we're doing by making it that this is my fault, that it could possibly be your fault.
1: For sure. You are are a person that's existing in an institution and a system that benefits some over others for sure. Uh, And we are all complicit in that in different ways, but it is not your fault that the system looks like this and you cannot single-handedly work to end that system right right?
0: um am i letting my beloved supervisor or mentor down no
1: i mean yes (laughs) (laughs) but we can't go through this life without disappointing people
0: i i'm glad you said that i would argue no because that supervisor has seen more than one of you Mm -hmm. that supervisor supervises a team you know and that is he has gotten into that position somehow and he he what I thought, I think Sam is right. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking on like the more positive side. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I'm thinking like um, this person knows that you're a young person in the beginning of your career. Yep. He would be foolish to assume that you're going to be here for the rest of your life. I, I would almost, I'd put money on it. The fact that he is, assu- that he's not assuming that you will stay there forever. Yep. Um, But to Sam's point, if he's disappointed you leave because you're a great worker, that disappointment literally just means he values you as an employee and he respects you. For sure. So that conflict there is a false conflict. Absolutely. It's not that he's disappointing you. It's that he values you.
1: Right. And we can't make our decisions based on whether or not we're going to disappoint people. Right. Like that, because then we'll always be doing things that aren't good for us. Forever. We're always doing things that please others at the expense of our own. Joy at the expense of our own health, right? So yeah, you might disappoint him, but you can't move through this life not disappointing people.
0: Am I letting down these amazing kids? No. I don't think so. Because you have to remember you are in there in service to them. Mm-hmm. Their lives are not um pivoting on your presence. Right. You may influence them, but their lives go on with or without you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that in such a blunt way, but again, you can t- just, we, we come in and out of each other's lives with such uh great... F- I want to say fluency, but is that a word? (laughs) I mean, it is a word, but like... uh, Fluidity? Fluidity. Fluency. (laughs) There we go. Um, We come in and out of each other's lives with great fluidity. And especially when we're talking about direct service, um, you are contributing what you can and they Mm -hmm. are receiving what they can. Mm -hmm. Um, And last question, is this job getting in the way of me living a more authentic life? Yeah. It makes me wonder. I wonder if you're, if, if in that question you mean, is it getting in the way of me being happy and healthy? and healthy?
1: And it sounds like it is. Yeah.
0: Yes. Authenticity, who knows? Yeah. Right. But your health? For sure. And your happiness? Yeah. Okay.
1: But I think, yeah, I think Cap, um, I I just want to say that like I struggle with this as well. Um, working in a place where I uh, focus more on systems than I do on individuals, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so what I would say to you is that you know direct service is difficult. Some of us aren't equipped to be able to do it, right? Or some of us will burn out immediately upon taking a direct service job, right? Which is exactly what happened to me. Um, and so what I would say, Cap, is if if you are thinking about things on a systems level, if you are thinking about sort of uh, seeing both the forest and the trees at the same time. Um, apply for this job, take this job, take the experience that you've had doing this direct service um, and bring it with you, mm-hmm. right? And and really be an advocate and be a person who, who brings that experience to it. And also, at the same time, make sure that you are um, giving up space and giving up power to those folks who uh, you've been working with for the past year, right? Uh, their families, their experiences, right? And I think it's, I think it's wonderful that you are thinking about, you know, I can't, I can't hold myself to this grindstone anymore, but I can find a way to make sure that I am, am contributing, right? And I think that you have the capacity and power to do that, um, and would love, and I think that having this experience actually positions you better to be a better advocate in those spaces totally than you agree. were before. Um, So I know that this is tricky whenever we talk about poverty, whenever we talk about mental health and and, you know, access to resources, it gets weird and gross and (laughs) painful to talk about. Yeah. But. um, We all have we all have a, a role to play in this, in changing the way that this system works, in dismantling it, in bringing equity into our world. Right. Um, but we can't do it if we are constantly sacrificing ourselves, if we are burning ourselves out, if we are making ourselves unhealthy. And so, I think it is important to value yourself enough to say, "I need to be in a place where I can do this job in a way that is actually helpful and that decenters me, and that that doesn't bring my own issues into it." Um, and I think you can only do that by taking a step back.
0: I totally agree. Thank you so much for writing capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't love capitalism. No, we don't. But we love you, Cap.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. All right. Our last letter comes from Bryn Seriously Bummed Out, who is writing from The Verge of Despair. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, all right. Woo! Hey, Sam and Sierra. To start off, I just want to echo that you two offer such an amazing thing to the world. Just being here for all of us with your genuine love, support and advice means that means more than I can say. So I am a 23-year-old woman teetering on the verge of never trusting men again, and I feel (laughs) half ready to throw in the towel on the dating front. I had one long-term boyfriend throughout undergrad who was great and the only man I'd been with, but I ultimately ended it after about three years because it felt like we had outgrown each other at that phase in our lives. Mm -hmm. I spent the next year in an intense grad school program that consumed all my time and energy so I didn't date and was blissfully happy just doing my own thing and being me. However, about eight months after my breakup, a close friend of mine I'd met in grad school who I had developed a crush on but was doing my best to ignore because he had a girlfriend professed to me that he had broken up with his girlfriend, extenuating circumstances she was preparing to move across the country, and that he thought I was incredible and wanted to be with me. I was really happy because it felt like things sort of fell into place between us and at first, things were amazing, especially as we already had a really close relationship as friends to grow from. However, after about two great months, things quickly became difficult and strained as he morphed into an emotionally manipulative, shady piece of shit. He began to keep me at such an arm's length and behave so hot and cold towards me that I felt like I was going crazy. Worse, this cycle kept playing out where, just when I would be ready to call it because he seemed so distant, he would do a 180 and be so sweet and cute again and want to spend lots of time together. But this would always be quickly followed by days of radio silence, or worse, cold and pithy texts with hours between them that made it impossible to actually have a conversation. Without inflicting more of what happened on you YouTube, ultimately he ended up ghosting me after six months. Six months? Wow. Okay. The red flags <laughs> I ignored were actually red because unbeknownst to me, they were actually straight up on fire the whole time. (laughs) But I entered into this from a place of genuinely caring for this guy since he had been such a close friend. And I think I hadn't uh, naively assumed that his motivations were as sincere as mine. I found the whole thing really devastating and felt as though I needed to almost grieve the death of my good friend because it feels like he was killed and replaced by someone else entirely. And it's made me feel really scared to trust people's motivations and sincerity again after this experience. This has been made 100,000 times worse because I recently decided I was ready to try seeing someone again about two months after this previous shit show and connected with someone over a dating app, Tinder. We had actually been friends as kids, but hadn't seen each other in over a decade. We went out and hit it off and ended up spending a lot of time getting to know each other and over the course of a couple of weeks and he did cute shit to like bake together and go hiking. He even tr- introduced me to many of his friends after a couple weeks. We did end up sleeping together and it was great, especially after we had taken the time to build a connection first. However, it seems like he has ghosted me now too. After we slept together, he texted me the next day to ask if he had left my his hat at my house and then didn't respond to my text message. And it's been crickets since then. It's been about a week now and I feel like shit about it. I had even jokingly told my sister that if I get ghosted again, I would have to be done with dating for good and crawl under a rock to live out the rest of my days as a lonely hermit. I just don't get it. We'd both seemed really into each other, and there weren't any signs that he perceived it as a one-and-done casual hookup. This, on top of my previous experience, feels like the universe is actively working to shatter my (laughs) self-confidence. I've really the struggled.
0: universe doesn't care about you that much <laughs> No it really doesn't <laughs>
1: I've really struggled with depression, anxiety, and eating disorders in the past, and the last two years have been really been a journey to become more confident and self-assured. I've worked super hard to be able to accept and own that I'm a person worthy of being wanted and loved, and these experiences have chipped away at that. I'm so torn whether or not to reach out to him because if I do and he never texts back or sends the kind of lukewarm, half-assed response I used to get from the last guy— I think that I would, it would make me feel so much worse. I guess what I'm hoping for is just some strategies and how I can trust mm-hmm. anyone else moving forward and how I can move forward without internalizing the inadequacy. Even if I never have closure from either of these collective fools, mm-hmm. any and all humble musings would be greatly appreciated. Virtual hugs to you both. All right, Bryn, thank you so much for that letter uh hilarious through and through
0: <laughs> hilarious and painful that's right <laughs> yeah uh thank you so much Bryn. um i love the questions posed in it too mm-hmm. because it's like why doesn't ghosting make sense <laughs> <laughs> uh how to how to trust Mm-hmm. And how to not internalize rejection.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I know.
0: Let's talk about ghosting first. Yep. Well, actually, before we talk about ghosting, can we just take a second to talk about her past relationships? Mm-hmm. Because you're right. There were tons of red flags in there that were on fire, um, Bryn. <laughs> but I just want to lovingly remind you that you are worth good behavior. You're like you're, you're worth being treated well. Mm-hmm. And if this ex of six months or whatever... Um, the first ghost,
1: the first one that ghosted after six months.
0: Yeah. Um, If he was the one who was like really syrupy sweet and then wouldn't talk to you for a week, like you are responsible for maintaining your boundaries and setting the standard to which people can treat you. It's yep. not your fault. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. But when somebody doesn't treat you well, you have the right to say, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. Yep. You don't want that 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 skim milk of dating mm-hmm. you don't want the let you know the crumbs that they'll give you just because they starve you for their attention <laughs> doesn't mean you deserve to eat the crumbs they give you that's right so this is just number one i had to say that because that, that relationship was in the past mm-hmm. um and i just felt like maybe brin wasn't giving herself um the self-respect and boundaries that she deserved in that's that right. relationship yep um
1: but also, like, Fuck we've all guy. been there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we've totally all been there because, um, because of a hundred reasons. Because we're in love, or because we don't want to lose them, or because we're we're hoping. Like, how many times have we confused like hope for love? Too. Oh, you So know? many times. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Okay. So let's talk about ghosting. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about ghosting in a minute.
1: Mm-hmm. We haven't.
0: Ghosting. Number one rule about ghosting: it doesn't make sense. <laughs> You will never find sense in it.
1: Yeah, no, that's real.
0: Right? Like, we want it to be, oh, my God, they're in a coma. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my God, they found, you know, their ex-girlfriend came, and now that's why they're not talking to us.
1: Or even, like, oh, they realized they hated me. Right. And they so then they stopped talking but to me. honestly,
0: it's probably none of those things. No,
1: it's probably just, like, people are dumb and complicated. And, and like
0: busy, or they want to avoid conflict. Absolutely.
1: Or, and ugh. so, it, like... And so I think what the issue is, is when we get into this, into ghosting, we begin to create narratives in our head that can never be disproven. Right. Right. And so we begin to think, wow, this person, this person had sex with me and then ghosted me. So therefore I'm I'm ugly and bad at sex. And that's why they did it. As opposed to being like, oh, this person ghosted me because they were dating two people at the same time. And the other person and like they connected more with the other person or like whatever the reason could be. We'll never know the exact reason. And so that's why ghost scene is, is so painful. Cause like
0: we just get to
1: make up, anything we want in our right. head and, and like feed into the worst insecurities that we have totally
0: and jumping to her last question which is my favorite and most painful of this letter <laughs> how do we not internalize it because it you're right when we are when we are given like the keys to the car yep. when we're given the opportunity to write the the narrative of what happened because the person who ghosted us left us with nothing yep. we can fill that narrative with whatever self-loathing we have
1: for sure absolutely and, and of
0: course it's gonna be pointed at us because, yeah, because it is hard to love yourself all the time <laughs> and well.
1: <laughs> well, we are taught to not do that, right? So,
0: um, so to that point, actually, Bryn, something that Sam mentioned triggered something in my head, which is I wonder if you could like write out the reasons you think that he ghosted and. Wherever it is about you, you have to make it about him. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, oh, I'm afraid. uh, uh, He thinks I'm ugly and bad in the sack. Well, that's all about you. So let's make it about him. Um, He fears conflict. And didn't it doesn't find me attractive, even if that is true. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, even if we flip the, the sentence to be about him and the, and the sentence then becomes he doesn't find me attractive. It's not I I'm am, yeah. ugl- <laughs> am ugly. Right. Exactly. It's, he is not attracted to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then the only discomfort there we have to deal with is the rejection of yep. somebody not liking us. But it's not about that that process of changing the sentence structure literally Mm -hmm. um is one of the tools that we can work on because like sam said in the last letter there's no there's no life in which you don't disappoint someone Mm -hmm. similarly not everyone is meant for us there's no world in which we are attractive to everyone um and let's do another example that's not about the um having sex but maybe it's like okay so you go on a couple dates with this person. Uh, oh, no. No, you date this person for six months. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, then you assume the reason why he ghosted you is because um, you're not a good time. He uh, and you are not worth loving. Mm-hmm. And it's all that you and your lack lacking. Instead, those sentences become um, he cannot sustain a relationship to the level which I want one.
1: And he was not capable of loving me, <laughs>
0: and he is incapable of communication, yeah he is incapable of handling conflict, he is incapable of being adult enough, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like all of a sudden it's about hit what hit what he is bringing to the table and not what you're lacking for sure that's like a direct way that you can combat internalizing it
1: for sure. I think that that's a actually like a really good process for thinking about it mm-hmm. um. Because I do think part of the issue is when we when someone's rejection of us becomes like a a reflection of us as a person. Right. And what I loved about that was like he didn't find me attractive is so different than I'm ugly. Yes. And like I think we can often confuse those things so easily um, that it. And that's not just like even in romantic relationships. That's in like parental relationships and friend relationships and work oh relationships of right. like, because this person thinks this thing about me, that's who I am. And the right. reality is that I think it gets much easier to handle rejection when you're able to say like, I know who I am. I know my adequacies. I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And so when this person rejects me because of this, I it's not about me. It's about that person not being right for me. Beautiful. Or like... You applied for that job and you didn't get it. And you're like, oh, my God, I must be awful at work. No, that job just wasn't for you. Right. Like that organization was not the one for they you. They found
0: someone that they think is a better fit. Right. Right. Um, but that's not a reflection of you. No. Um, I, I also, we could add a step to this process. So flipping the sentence structure to be about the other person and not about wh- how it somehow reflects you, mm-hmm. but also adding what you know to be true. So he wasn't attracted to me also becomes, he wasn't attracted to me, but I know I am beautiful. Yep. He wasn't attracted to me, but other people are attracted to me. For sure. He wasn't attracted to me, but I don't judge myself based on the desires of
1: of other people and so maybe that's maybe that's step two of that process yes. right he said he thinks i'm bad in the sack
0: we gotta write a book man yeah, right <laughs> we're nailing this <laughs> consider right? when like, we made this up off the cuff
1: <laughs> right yeah like i must be awful at sex too he didn't like the way that we had sex too
0: but we all have different bodies and i right? like having sex with myself <laughs> quote
1: lizzo <laughs> right exactly or he uh broke up with me because i was a bad girlfriend Or he was in, he wasn't able to love me in the way that I want to be loved. And I know that I'm worthy of love. Yes. Right. Like sort of connecting all of those things together, I think is really important exercise. And I think it would actually be helpful, like not just for you, but for me too. (laughs)
0: I was sitting here just thinking about like conflicts that I've had and they're like, how can I turn? Cause I, I'm so fucking sensitive uh-huh. and, and it's not sensitive. I try not to be sensitive in the way that centers me like, mm-hmm. Oh me, because I know that we're all allowed to have conflict and people are allowed to be disappointed or whatever. Sure. But I do wonder if I can just say, you know, I love the mantra, like not all people are for us or, you know, so sure. yep. it would be like, um, I'm trying to think of a conflict that Willow and I have. That I would want to share on the podcast. Um, uh, I can't think of anything because
1: our relationship's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Yo,
0: thank you. Um, okay. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was your funny thing about the universe <laughs> punishing you or, or crushing your spirit or whatever. And uh-huh. I made the joke that the universe doesn't care about you that much. Um, and I didn't mean that, that to sound cold or anything. It was a funny joke. <laughs> Or maybe it wasn't. Yeah, funny but it's stuff. a
1: real. It's like a real. But, statement. So,
0: but the real thing is like, um, the universe won't intentionally hurt us. The universe is just naturally cruel. I think about. <laughs> I, I think about. Um, so I wait. I watch a lot of nature documentaries, mm-hmm. and I was also raised by hippies and like raised in the woods. Right. So like I'm very. Um, familiar with nature happenings. For sure. And the number one thing you will learn by watching nature documentaries or living in the woods or or anything like that is that nature is a cruel terrible place. And nature doesn't give a fuck about our feelings. Mm -mm. You know I remember one time I watched a documentary about lions and there was a baby lion cub who got trampled in a um, stampede and the back of his legs, his back Two legs were paralyzed. Oh, my God. I could fucking ball talking about this right now. And I watched it, like, seven years ago. <laughs> um, and his and so he was, like, dragging his back feet.
1: Oh, God. And
0: his mother left him there because she knew he was dead or, like, yeah. that he was going to die. Uh-huh. She left him. And he was, like, ca- calling out to her. And I had to leave the room because we were watching it with, like, my ex at the time and my dad. Because I was sobbing. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, like... <gasps> sobbing. The type of sobbing that you can't do quietly.
1: That's right. We're going to need to put a trigger warning in the beginning of this letter and be like, Sierra's going to go off on a weird thing about animals dying.
0: But this is all to say, nature doesn't... That's what I That's what I mean when I say nature doesn't give a fuck. That's right. And you know, It's we, like
1: when we were in Austin and that hawk killed that girl right next to us.
0: Exactly. You never shared that story. You forgot to share it in the Austin episode. I did. Anyway, I'm going to get to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like... Recently, I realized. I so I grew up thinking that that like nature is cruel. That that our our civil quote civilized lives know nothing about the cruelties of nature. That mm-hmm. like that it just doesn't give a fuck. Um. But I realized the other day that the universe is cruel. Like the universe and I and I don't mean that it's mean or spiteful. And maybe that's why I'm saying this. Sure. Um. To Brynn is that like I don't think the universe would intentionally spite us, but we're fools to think that it will constantly give us things to f- to flourish and and um because the universe is challenging and and life is hard, and if you haven't been devastated yet, just buckle up buttercup
1: because <laughs> and also if you have been devastated right buckle up buttercup because it's, it's not happen <laughs> again. Yeah, right it's not just one and done
0: <laughs> but but Why I brought this up is not to, to <laughs> shove it in your face about how cruel the universe is and how we all don't matter uh-huh. and to tell you about a sad story about lions. <laughs> um, it's it is, I, I wanted to preface that all to say, Bryn, that the universe isn't intentionally punishing you, but it may be giving you an opportunity to um, really tap into what does it mean to build true sustainable Mm self-love we talk about self-care all the time we talk about self-love all the time but neither of those things are real if they are not reckoned with at a deep internal level right like i can take as many bubble baths as i want but when the universe really challenges me am i going to be able to stand up for myself Mm -hmm. am i going to be able to speak to my true authentic desires am i as is my reservoir of self-respect and self-love sustainable enough to get me through when my ex doesn't contact me for or like my when my significant other is shitty to me a couple weeks ago we talked about Oh, God. This was back in January. We talked about like avoiding abusive relationships yeah, and how it's like you can have all the tools in the tool belt and you can still find yourself in a abusive relationship. And the only thing you can really do to combat it is to have that reservoir of self-love and self-respect and, and knowledge of self so that you can catch it earlier yep. so that you can speak to your boundaries, to your standards earlier and say, nope, I'm not going to let you treat me in that way. For sure. So the universe is giving you this very painful, very shitty, on par with the rest of the universe test mm-hmm. of, of how deep is your love? How true is your love and your commitment to yourself? That's right. And I'm not saying this is easy, and I don't mean to sound like a Hall- Hallmark card. No. No. But this is at least one other ways that you can look at all these shitty things and saying, okay, I'm gonna recommit to myself because also honey, it sounds like these past two people not just weren't weren't f- aren't for you but they don't sound that good <laughs> right
1: uh-huh
0: like you should have cut the cord with the one way before because you deserve somebody who wants to text you back that's right who wants to be with you that's yep. that's what you deserve and and we need to practice cementing that knowledge in our within ourselves that that's, we deserve somebody who treats us well.
1: That's absolutely right. And when people and also when people reject us or when people don't adequately show up for us. Yeah. It's not a reflection of us. It is a reflection of of their ability and capabilities of love, right? right. And so um you know, being able to identify those red flags and having that self-love in the relationship and also once the relationship is over, being like It has no impact on who I am as a person, my value, my worth, my ability to love and be loved. It is because this relationship didn't work out because we are at different places in our understanding of what we want and what we are capable of giving each other.
0: The universe is giving me an opportunity to recommit to myself. That's right. I have another funny thing that we can kind of end on. Uh You asked for like tips or tricks on like how to build trust again. And I'm going to say it's your BF You want to be like, oh, my God, I'm dating my BF right now. Or like, I'm going to take my BF out. And your BF is boundaries first. (laughs) Your boundaries first. Boundaries come out first. Boundaries are not unsexy. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about looking too intense because if you establish your boundaries first, then, then it is literally... Um, then being a dick <laughs> to overstep them. Yep. Right. And then, and then, then you know that that person is not meant for you cause they're a dick. Right. Boundaries first, boundaries first, boundaries first, put your boundaries in your Tinder bile. Maybe not, but like, you <laughs> but know, like our them, friend saying, yeah, I'm not here for a casual hookup, you know? Right. Um, the other thing is, uh, a boundaries first relationship would look like you don't text me back for a week. I've locked your number because I'm not I, like, what excuse could you have? Right other than fucking a medical coma, mm-hmm. right, that you wouldn't contact me for a week if we're dating. Right. I mean, I feel like that's not asking too
1: much. I think that's not asking too much at all. But, like, well, how sad is it that society has taught yeah. us that, like, that might be asking too much.
0: I know. I know. Well, it's, it's Many worst. layers of Dating things, so. is the worst. Yeah.
1: Um, but, yes. Uh, Bran, you are worthy of love. You are uh, such a awesome, awesome person that no matter who rejects you or how they reject you, it has no diminishment of that awesomeness. Right. Um, and I think that this is a great opportunity for you to to learn that and understand it so that the next guy who ghosts you, because let me tell you,
0: it's going to happen again. It's going to
1: happen again. <laughs> uh, you'll know that it isn't a rejection or a, a a criticism of you as a person. It is because they are incapable of doing the difficult thing Of having a hard conversation with a person.
0: Exactly. Right?
1: We love you so much. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. All right, everyone. This brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and hook you up with something that we think you're going to love. This week, our blind date is?
0: A website of recipes called Budget Bites. Ooh. Bites spelled with a Y, B-Y-T-E. E-S. Cool. Um, technically, the S is a money sign, but not in the actual <laughs> web
1: address. Got it. It's
0: budgetbytes.com. But um, what I love about this, you all know that I'm obsessed with my budgeting app. Who needs – or you need a budget. Who, <laughs> Who
1: needs a budget?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you need a budget. Um, and you also know that um, ever since moving in with my partner, I've been uh, really enjoying the act of budgeting our groceries meal planning cooking meals for us um, I have saved so much money y'all by cooking for us um, every night essentially and what I love about budget bites is not only is it a super diverse um, group of recipes mm-hmm. and you can categorize it to meat or chicken or vegetarian or fish or whatever and dessert etc but they break down every episode into um, the, the sense that you're spending on the meal. Cool. Um, and, and it's obviously all about meals that are basically, uh, under $15 to make. Most of them are under 10. I would say the majority of them are somewhere between like seven and $4 to wow. make, um, because they'll break down every portion, um, to be like, well, this portion, um, of celery is 27 cents or mm-hmm. whatever like that. Um, and I, I, have made a ton of recipes out of it this year and I really, really enjoy it. Great. It's called budgetbites.com.
1: All right everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at just pod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise.
1: Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review, and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode, Patreon.com slash pod. This literally keeps the lights on, and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music recording, editing, and producing by our good friend, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast, and remember, your day is full of potential, and you will enter it with an open mind and an open heart. You will not compare yourself to others. You will not compare your accomplishments to others others. Instead, you will recognize how far you have come on your journey. Today, you're healthy and strong, both physically, emotionally, and mentally. Today, you will accomplish great things. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.